Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm going to start out with just a question today, as you, as you can see. What do you like? Right, do you have a long list of things that you, you like? Do you have a, a few things that you, you, know, you just kind of go to whenever you're in a conversation? Uh, for me, it will often come back to either like food, you've known me enough, or like hockey. Like I love hockey. If given the choice, I will play it over watch it but I do like watching it, specifically Pittsburgh with my boy Crosby, right? I love seeing him play. Um, another team I like is the Colorado Avalanche with uh, Nathan McKinnon. I got an East Coast thing, which again, I, I like the East Coast. It's one of my favorite places in like the entire world. I haven't been in the entire world, but it's one of my favorite places. I just love the East Coast. Do you have a favorite sport? Like, feel free to put that down in the chat bar. Like, what sport do you love, either playing or watching? Or food, like I know that I talk about food quite often. It's an easy thing to connect with other people on. Uh, is there a food that you like? I, I like shawarmas. They're amazing treats, just a delight to have. I actually specifically want, I, ho I hope you're here, uh, Chad. Chad, I would love to know what is your favorite food? Not just because it's e efficient, right? He's, if you don't know, Chad loves the efficiency of things. But Chad, I would love to hear what is your favorite food? And what is it about that that you like? Um, so maybe, maybe others, you aren't big food people, I don't think you go to Sydney Park if you're not a big food person, uh, but say you also have other likes. Um, do you like cars? Like of late, I've been very interested in the uh, Toyota 4Runner. Man, that thing just is pretty darn sweet. It just is a good vehicle, I'd love to just drive over curbs. I don't know what I would do with such a great vehicle, but I've been feeling that. Uh, maybe, maybe you like a band, maybe you're all about the music. Is there a band or an artist that you really enjoy? Or TV shows, is there a TV show that you like to watch? Uh, animals, like right now I know Corbin really likes elephants and I can make a great elephant noise. Do you wanna hear it? Well, maybe next week, all right? <laughs> no, I gotta keep you hooked somehow, right? Uh, or hobbies, like is there a hobby that you like? Something that you enjoy, like woodworking, sewing, art, reading? Like, what, what do you like? Feel free to put that in the chat bar. We'd love to share that around with each other. Uh, good morning. I am, I am Brad. I am the lead pastor here at Stanley Park Community Church. And another thing that I like past, past hockey, past shormas, past all those things is I like that you are here. Like, I, I actually do like that. I like that we have technology. I like that we have the opportunity to still talk, to engage, and share uh, about Jesus uh, while we are in a pandemic. So I, I do really like that. Um, now, many of us would fall in a category where we're fine with sharing things, and there might be a, a few of us out there who are kind of like one of my one of the TV shows I like, uh, Ron Swanson, right? This this guy in the TV show Parks and Rec, uh, just by knowing his name, he would feel like you know too much about him. I'd say the vast majority of us are are quite fine with sharing things that we like, but there is a few of us out there that are just the the Ron Swansons that you know what do you what do you want to know? Why do you need to know that about me? Uh, but what we're looking at is evangelism today, the this, this sharing of good things. Uh, so we're looking at being an evangelist, or what is evangelism? Now, before you tune me out, because I may have surprised you with this, I think it was in the title, so you shouldn't be too surprised. Um, I want to I kind of just frame this in a way that makes it a bit more accessible. Some of us may have had a past where we, we felt deeply pressured that we have to go and win souls for Jesus or that we have to go out with all these like cards and hand them to people and have strange interactions with others. Uh, just a second ago uh, in the chat bar, a bunch of us were kind of evangelists. We, 
we were sharing good things. Like, we, we were fine with it a second ago. It's actually quite common. Like, Facebook and Instagram, we share good things and, you know, share some terrible things. But we, we tend to, like, like things and, and share things with others. That's, that's kind of like our, our DNA. We're wired as, as beings to share good things. So that's the long and the short kind of picture of what evangelism is. It is a bringer of good news. In Isaiah 52, 7, a passage I'll read apart from is, How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who brings glad tidings. The, The passage carries on and says, like, the ones that, like, bring word of salvation or that God reigns. Like, this is just, like, beauty all packed in there, and how great is it to get word of good. I have a friend, uh, and she's, she wins, like, everything of late. Like, it's probably, like, since this new year started, like, she has won a lot of contests, and that is awesome. I, I can only imagine, like, every time, like, the inbox comes with, like, congratulations, you have won. Like, how, how great that is. What did I win? What is my exciting thing? Uh, you know, clicking, opening, oh, I get something else. This is so amazing. Like, we love good things. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke loves to share uh, great places to eat and great board games. Like that, it even brings Luke joy to share these things because he loves them so much. So like we, we are about sharing good things as, as people, as a culture. That's just what we do. We love good news. So today as I look at sharing good news, I have kind of a mashing of, of passages I kind of want to like put in specific places to help us understand kind of how we as, you know, average everyday Christians can engage with sharing the message of Jesus, being an evangelist, um, in a way that isn't, I, I feel, too wild and out there. So the first passage, which is technically the second, because I already shared one, the first passage I want to look at is Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. The passage says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And that's an interesting spot to start when we're talking about going out there and bringing out the message. But I don't think it is. I think for us to actually be good evangelists, uh, we need to understand the good that we are a part of, the good that is a part of us, and from that having some sort of idea of how valuable it is and how beautiful it is that we get to share the message of Jesus with those around us. So the first question within this passage, uh, or from this passage, I'd love to ask is, like, what do you love about God? Like, how, how do you describe your love for God? Does it, does it just like roll off the tongue? Do you say like, oh, it's like kind of poetic? Maybe Dave Crowley, you, you might have a, a great poem that you could write about how you love God. And that would be great if you want to write that and share that. We'd love to pass that along. Dave, Dave is a great writer in our community. But I've been talking with a few people, and, well, yeah, a few people indeed. Um, and one of the, peop- one of the persons I, I talked with uh, shared that they, they have a hard time with church. You know, I get that. Like, with all these leadership scandals, with all these problems and structures and organizations, you know, I, <laughs> I have a problem with a lot that's going on in the church. Um, Christians, like not all of us are great, amazing people. Like some of us are just, you know, just one step into the kingdom and still have a lot of work to be, to be done to undo the, the brokenness, the things that we've gotten into. So like there's such a mess within our, our Christian faith. 
But this person says, like, I, I have a hard time with church and Christians, but man, Jesus, I love him. And so he's worth wrestling through all the other things. And I, I love the honesty of that. I love, I love, you know, it's challenging, but I love the honesty that, you know, a lot of this is hard. But man, the one thing I know I'm for is Jesus. So with that, like, what, what do you actually like about God? Like, if you want to put it in the chat bar, if you just want to take notes, or if you just want to mull that over for a few seconds, a few minutes, like, you could even stay there just for now. Um, last week, Abby was looking at worship. And the idea that we worship God by showing up and doing something is an idea. But as she was unpacking, like, the ultimate idea is that we are so enamored by who God is that it, it drives us to connection. It drives us to bring glory to him. That it's not a mechanical thing that we just do as like these Christian robots, but that we are engaged in a relationship with, with God, the, the divine being that created all of this, who loves us, we walk with him, and we, we connect in ways that are, are beautiful and meaningful and, and bring honor to him. And we, we talk about it, we, we praise him for it. So like, what, what do you actually like about God? Because if, if we love him with our hearts, souls, and minds, like it's, it's going to be a bit of a thing that we can talk about here. Now, many of us have friends. We may not have seen them in like a year now, actually, as we're coming up. But we have friends out there. And wouldn't it be odd if your, your best friend for, let's say, five years, you, you just got chatting to them and find out that they've been married and they have kids. Like, this never came up in conversation before. Wouldn't that just be like mind-blowing to know that your best friend has a life outside of how you know them, that is like huge. It's not just like, oh yeah, I happen to play tennis on the weekends. But like the, the, the core relationship that they have in their life, you didn't know about. I'd, I'd say that this kind of segues into the next little bit is that if people who have known you for a while don't know that you love Jesus, that you are a Christian, that you are you know, passionate about God, there's going to be some confusing moments where like, they don't get to actually fully know you. They just know parts and elements of you. And so I, I, I want to share that as I go into this next passage, which is Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, last week, I, or it may have been two weeks ago, actually. Two weeks ago, I was out delivering donuts. I uh, drove all around town, handing out to donuts to a bunch of people. Now, I'm sorry if you didn't get one, but there's many more weeks ahead of us, so maybe I'll drop by with donuts in the weeks to come. But now let's, let's pretend that you got one, and that like, this donut that I just dropped off was like the best donut you have ever had. Wouldn't you want to know where I got it? Like, it's just our, our natural desire if, when we come across good things is like, where can I get more of this? Uh, great example, Bruce, uh, how many people, I, I hope Bruce is online, Bruce, if you want to put in the chat bar, how many people have asked you for the recipe for the, the Bruce bread? I know three people specifically that have tried to make Bruce bread since experiencing the Bruce, Bruce bread experience. Right, we, we desire to know where good things come from. Now, let's move past food and let's say that like, you are connected with God, that you, you know his spirit dwells in you, and that you have been getting the whispers of guidance. Now, like, sometimes we, we hear God and we're just in that spot. Sometimes we're distracted. I, I, I understand that. 
And other times, like, he, he calls us on stuff that we just don't want to do and we ignore it. Like, I, I, I fully get the full range of, of relationship with God because it is a relationship. But let's say that we're in that sweet spot and we're, we're getting the sense that God is guiding us on something. And say that in that guiding that you meet up with somebody, that you care or you connect or you, you've brought some sort of good into their life. And they want to know about it. Like, what do you do there? Like, if you, if you don't give them the address, if you don't tell them, like, this is a recipe, if you don't tell them, like, this is where I got the donuts from, you're leaving them without knowing the true source. They'll be scrounging around trying to figure out where did this good come from because they cannot find the source. It's our desire to know the source of good things. A challenge also in that would be if we don't allow people to know the name of God, know the name of Jesus that's living, working, connecting with us as we are doing good, as we are shining the light in the world, right? God doesn't get his glory, right? Like God loves good. He's all about it. He made it. But he, he wants to continually pour out good. He wants to continually love the people that we love. And the way he does that is, is through us sharing who he is and allowing them to grow in a connection with him. Right, so the, the evangelism of us is, is letting the good name of God be attached to the good works that we do. It's not just enough to, to build a rink. It's not just enough to put a hope sign out front. It's not just enough to say good things or, you know, just run around being a nice person. Right? People need to see the light that is in us. And, and going from the first passage to this passage, like we are lamps, we are the lampstands, right? We, we, we shine light to others. But if we aren't first connected to God, we don't shine. Right? We can take up space, absolutely. But if we aren't plugged in to Jesus with his spirit working through us, we aren't shining a light. And then if we aren't, aren't saying where the source of our energy, where the source of our light comes from, you know, we're, we're, we're hiding that light. You know, it might be coming out just around the edges of whatever we're hiding behind, but we aren't allowing people to see the full glory, the full beauty of what God is doing in creation. A third passage I want to share is from John 14, 6. Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now this one I think is a, a huge one. I think it's just like the cent- one of the centerpieces of our faith, but it's also a hard one in our culture. Right? We, we like the idea of having power. We like the idea of all things being equal. We like the things of not really challenging and offending people. Unless, of course, it's on the internet, which in that case is the exact opposite. We want to find ways to challenge and offend as many people as possible, apparently. But let's say like, we're not on the internet and uh, we're actually around regular people doing regular life. Uh, our, our general thing in life is try to be as, as polite, as politically correct, and not to be off-putting to anybody. And it's hard as a Christ follower to know that <laughs> Jesus has camped himself right in that conflict spot, right? We, we have a point of challenge where we want to follow Jesus, but we don't want to offend the world. There's a story in uh, the Bible about a young rich ruler who loved the idea of following Jesus. He's like, man, Jesus, like, I, I've done all kinds of good things. I love your message, like, what do I have to do? And Jesus just has this way of kind of really getting to the heart of our, our passions, of our values, and our visions. 
And he says, you know, you're a rich guy. Go sell everything that you have and come follow me. And that rich ruler is like, oh, I can't do that. For you and for me, as we, we look at this, we want to be nice people. We want to be, uh, you know, accepting people. And I think that's good. Like, that's absolutely good. But if we aren't willing to make that hard part of saying that Jesus is the only way, if we aren't willing to let Jesus, who is God, have the power and authority to say, this is how it works. While we don't like all the things that work that way, God is God. God gets the call. God is the one that designed. God is the one that moved. God is the one that died on a cross to make this the way that we know the Father. And if we can't share that part of the message, we can be doing a lot of good but it's all in vain because they need to know the source of our light. They need to know the hope that is founded in us. They don't need to know it because I want them to know it. They need to know it so they can be plugged in themselves, so that they can know the love of God themselves. And if we aren't giving them good directions on who the true God is, by the directions that Jesus gives us, Jesus says that they will not know the Father, They won't know God if they don't know him. If we aren't giving the good directions, they're not going to get there. Like say I wanted to go to Cambridge, right? Say that I'm chatting with you right now and I said, hey, can I I get directions to Cambridge? And all you told me was you got to get on the expressway. There's a chance I might get there, right? But there's just as equally of a chance that I'd end up in St. Jacob's or I might even just keep going and I might end up in, uh, what's that, Stratford or Strathroy? No, yeah, Stratford, right? Like, the directions matter. If we want to get to a source, if we want to know, know who God is, Jesus says that he is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. He is the one that allows us to know the Father. And so as we, we look at sharing the good, as we are like the, the exciting thing that comes to people's doorsteps, bringing good news, peace, and joy, and great reign of God, if we don't give them it by the name of Jesus, we're telling them just to get on the expressway and, and hoping for the best. You see, it is, it's, it's Jesus who calls us, right? It, it's, it's Jesus who saves us. It is knowing him and being known by him and that it is his spirit that dwells in us that allows us to live out a good life, allows us to live out good news. It's what empowers us to to live in a life that is for others, that surrenders our own things where we, we desire so much to hold tight to things, but allows us to surrender because we know that we got a bigger God who is for us, who is with us in all situations. Right? It, it is Jesus that allows us that privilege and that opportunity. He is the source. He is the power. He is the reason why we live. And if we don't share that part, we're mostly just doing good things. You know, God loves it, but it's not his full intent, and it's not going to allow others to join in with what he is doing. I think this is also a great point to kind of uh, point out a, a challenge in evangelism just generally. And it is... The 75 cents for espresso. All right, that doesn't make much sense, does it? All right, here's a story. So I used to work at Starbucks. I like coffee. That's another like of mine. But while I was working there, I was encouraged to 
you know, upsells. Like every store has the upsell. For our little place, they said, you know what would be great is if we get people to buy more espresso and it will cost them 75 cents. You, know, you have enough people coming in giving you 75 cents, you make more money. That's just how it works. But there's a challenge for me is that when you buy your nice like uh, double foam, extra hot, macchiato, whatever thingy, right? Like when you, when, you, when you order that, it comes with two shots of espresso. Right? That's good, we enjoy it, that's why we buy it. Well, then I would be selling them a third shot, which they aren't gonna notice and they don't really need. But the reason why we are selling it is because we want their 75 cents. And so I just wasn't doing it. Like if somebody came in and they were like, I have this meeting and I really just need a third shot of espresso, I'm like, I'm on it. 75 cents, it goes in, I got this, right? But what that person actually really needs was probably a good night's sleep, right? If, if there was a need that I could meet that was reasonable, I have no problem doing whatever is necessary, but to try to just get money out of people because somewhere wants something, that just doesn't resonate with me. So that, that, was, that was a challenge I had at Starbucks while I worked there. But we as Christians, we might, we might just think that like sharing Jesus is, is our job. And I just need to you know, upsell Jesus. Yeah, you really like the way I gardened for you. Well, you would probably also like to have Jesus. Right? Like that's, that's not, not passion. That's not valuable. Well, it is valuable. But it's, it's not done in the way that is, is going to connect with somebody. Right? The, the way we can share Jesus is coming from this, this way that I have met, I have experienced the good God. I have seen him change my life. He has you know, been with me in some hard times, many hard times. He has, he's been with me in, in joyous moments. He's guiding, he's centering me, he's allowing me to know him. And I think that this, this Jesus is of value to you because I know that he wants to be with you in your hard times. Because I know that he, he cares for you as one that has lost this week. He, for you as you struggle for employment. Like we know that God wants to be with everyone. He wants to be in a deep, meaningful relationship. For me to come into your life and say, yeah, I cut your grass just to tell you about Jesus. That's, that's upselling for 75 cents on espresso. But as you care for your neighbor, as you cut their grass, I guess you won't be doing it now, but as you shovel their driveway, you, know, you don't have to just like write Jesus in the snow. You can love them. You can spend time with them. You find opportunities to engage in their life because you know that God loves them too. Because you see that your opportunity guided by the Spirit is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. That through that, you have spaces and opportunities to say, hey, yeah, guess what? I got a wife and kids. Like, hey, guess what? I, I, I'm actually here uh, because I feel like God it wants me to love you. Right? God wants me to connect with you in a way to show you his deep longing for a relationship with you. That I would be all for. Asking you for 75 cents, I don't really care about, right? Like there's these values in life that, that guide us. Um, going from that is that I know that God wants to work with us. Like God could just use dreams and scary experiences so everybody becomes Christian, but he wants to work through a deep relationship with you and with me. Right, God wants to inspire. God wants to drive. God wants to connect us. He also wants to course correct us, but he wants to be partnering with us in the story of reconciliation and redemption of creation. Right? He, he has plans for good. He has plans for joy, for peace, for love, for grace to abound over all of creation. And he wants to partner with you 
with us as a church, with us as the international church, to do the things that allows his kingdom and his relationships to expand. Right? The, the gospel spreads through our connections with others. See, God works and he wills and he, he organizes things so that there's opportunities. Right? Like, there's need out there and God brings people to supply for that. There's been many a times, I think many of us in this church have seen God show up with somebody else at the exact time we needed them. But with that, we also look at distancing. Right? We're in a challenging time where we are distancing. I have quotation marks. I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Right? I think one of the interesting things about our faith and COVID is that the more you distance from somebody, the less likely it's going to transmit. Right? So like, there's, there's this idea that if we drop a track for somebody that says, you know, confess your sins and love Jesus, that they will, you know, meet Jesus. And it, it, it's possible. Like early in the pandemic, we thought that the mailman was going to give us COVID because they touched it. So we'd like take it out with our gloves, leave it for 72 hours, and then get our bills or get our coupons, whatever comes in the mail. It's not Amazon. Right? We, we, we know that distancing affects transmission of both COVID and our faith. Right? While somebody could read your post on Facebook or a bumper sticker, like, they could come to understand Jesus. Like God does work in amazing ways. But his number one desire for our faith to grow, for his connection and relationship with others to grow, is through life-on-life connections between humans. Right? You and me interacting through digital stuff. I hope that this is helping you in your spiritual journey. Right? God, God wants us to be connected people. And the further we are from somebody the less we connect. Now, I'm, I'm not saying just like run out there and just like throw caution to the wind. We don't care about distancing anymore. That's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Is that long before the pandemic, we were distancing. Right? We, we weren't as well connected. I think every pastor talks about going into their house and watching all their neighbors go into the garage door closing. Like That's been a story in the church almost as long as the Bible's been there. Not true, but... It's been a forever story of distance and disconnect. So a question for us is, how have I been emotionally distant to people before the pandemic and during the pandemic? Right? Like, do you connect? I'm not saying like face-to-face. Like, do you literally connect with people? How about mentally? Like, do you engage in meaningful ways or are you distant from people? And spiritually, like as soon as something spiritual comes up, do you just like run? Do you, do you go past six feet, allowing, you know, ensuring that no transmission happens? We have been distancing from neighbors, family, coworkers, as a culture, well before 2020 happened. And I'm not saying just throwing all distancing out. Like, it's important right now so that COVID doesn't spread. But distancing emotionally, mentally, and spiritually doesn't allow us the ability to impact other people's lives. So how do we meet people and share Jesus with them? Recently, uh, probably before COVID, a study was released saying that a church of 70 people will see one new believer in a year. And that, that number actually scales relatively closely in church size. 70 to 1 ratio. 
It, in a church that seat has, you know, 140 people, let's do the math, you'd see two people. Like, this is, this is not an amazing number, right? We, we're excited that somebody came to faith, of course. But, we, like, the, the common joke in our culture is all about how, like, city workers, like, there's 12 of them standing around a hole and one person working. But then to, to have an idea that <laughs> there's 70 of us believers and in a year, one person will come to faith. That's not an encouraging thing. And I think that is, not because we don't have a good message and not because we're not trying. I think it is because we've been distancing far longer than COVID has been around. That our relationships aren't as connective. They aren't as great of a way for our faith to be connected or picked up from somebody else. Now, as, as I finish kind of today's message, I want to come back to the kind of like three points, right? How much do you love God? That is the, the main area we need to plug in. Like, it affects our worship, but it also affects our ability to share Jesus with others, right? And as you shine, as you are connected, as you shine, do people see this love from you? And as they see this, are you willing to let that light source be known? Will you put the words, Jesus is the reason why, into the story? Will you allow them to know that you have a relationship with God? That Jesus is the reason that you are connected, that you are able to know him and be known by him because of what Jesus did on the cross. Finding ways to articulate that doesn't have to be in a beautiful sentence, much like I just do, right? The the idea there is that your life-on-life connections where your love for God and your connection to somebody else just comes together because God is guiding and whispering and directing and that you are willing to tell them the address of hope and of love and of joy. Now I'm going to finish today with, with a question. Well, I think it's actually three questions. Three questions, but they're not mine. I'm going to finish with some questions from the Bible. Right, a lot of people like to say that the Bible has you know, all the answers. But I, I want to say here, it's also got some pretty good questions. So today, as we finish, I would love for you to ponder Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? All right, one more time. How then can they call on the one they haven't believed in? How can they believe in the one who they haven't heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I would love to hear your answer to that. I think God has a pretty good answer to that. And I'm going to leave that with you. Because I know that God is working in, in your life. He's working in my life that his spirit is speaking to us. And so Romans 10, 14, I'd love to just leave in your day, in your week, and in your life. Lord, thank you for being a God that we can know. Thank you for being a God that wants to partner with us. Lord, I ask that you speak into our lives, that you speak into our hearts. This, this question you have to us in Romans 10, 14, Lord, give us how you see that being answered. Lord, may we meet you this week. 
And may we live out your kingdom, your hope, your peace, and your joy for others to see. May we be deeply connected to you. May it not be just work and mechanical, but may you spark joy in our life. And may that abound as we abide. We love you. And amen.